All right, welcome back to the Beast Game Podcast, and the real Mandalorian is back, Jack. (laughs) 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 And the Book of Boba Fett has premiered on Disney Plus. Real Star Wars, everybody, real Star Wars. So, Big Mike has something to say. I don't have to say a lot more about the way I feel about Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. Abrams. There's no respect. There's no honor. There's no honor among thieves in the first place. They put hard times on the gangster Mike and his family. You don't know what hard times is, Daddy. Hard times is when John Boyega said, I'd rather be out of work, shunned from Hollywood, <laughs> than be a cuckold in one of your movies. Hard times is when you love Star Wars, The Empire Strikes Back, but you hate that Rise of the Skywalker. And hard times are when Mark Hamill worked on a movie for 30 years. 30 years, they kill off his character, kick him in the butt, and say, hey, a force ghost to replace you, Daddy. That's hard times. That's hard times. Did you just recite the hard times <laughs> promo from fucking Dusty Rhodes? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? And you did a good job, too. Thank you, All right, Jay. go ahead. Go ahead. All right. I, I had to give you props. <laughs> Big Mike, who, between him and James, I don't know who is the biggest Star Wars aficionado, but... That'd be Jay. Big Mike... How do you feel about the Book of Boba Fett episode one? So, first question: Have you seen the episode yet? I have not. I have not seen it yet. So, should I get off the podcast right now? No, 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 no. Okay. But I was just curious whether or not y'all saw it because I was going to ask you a question, which was, what's the one thing if you're making this first Boba Fett episode that you feel like they absolutely must do for the character Boba Fett? Yeah, if you're making this first Book of Boba Fett episode one. What's the first thing as a director or writer you think they need to do? How he survived? Please tell me they... That would be your biggest question. Go ahead. (laughs) Like, literally, in the first six minutes of this whole damn show, Mm -hmm. they swiftly answered flat out that question immediately. Let's get it out the way. Well, that's good, though. Right. And that was the thing about my message this morning when I said I'm six minutes in, and suddenly they've already shown how incompetent some people can be. Mm -hmm. You had a character that... Had a lot of questions uh, behind them. Yeah. Right. And then literally, shows of Mandalorian, you're kind of like, okay, how the hell did he survive? Why is he here and all that? Without going too in-depth, in six minutes, they pretty much answered everything to bring it right back to where you need to be. And to me, that sums this entire episode up. The competence of John Favreau, Dave Filoni, and shout out to Robert Rodriguez for being a fucking damn good That's father. what I said. That's what I said to you guys. Like, he directed this episode? Yeah. yeah. Just the writing of the episode is great. The acting's fantastic. I the cinematography's like they took it from what they did with Mandalorian and just carried it straight over the book of Boba Fett. I mean, honestly, and, I forgot about the Mandalorian for a moment. I was like, oh yeah, I forgot the yeah, guy. Like, you don't even have to be a Star Wars aficionado to comprehend or understand what's going on. If you watch the Mandalorian saw Boba Fett show up, this is enough to show you this dude's not to be toyed with. He's every bit of what you saw in that show and more. And the whole thing that they were trying to achieve with the new trilogy of getting a new fan base on board. The shows are doing it, basically. Own, yeah, they're accomplishing that without trying too hard. Very simplistic concepts, very simple things to do. Mm-hmm. And in 30 minutes, you're shitting on an entire new trilogy. I don't even have to go into spoilers to just say that they've shown you that this dude's gone through some shit. He's got some effects from this shit that he's gone through. And he's clearly trying to establish himself 
taking over a dead gangster's empire and all the complications and implications of all the things that he's getting ready to try to do in the sense of things have been done one way and he's trying to figure out a way to do it his way and whether right. or not work or the things that's going to come along with that. Mm-hmm. And it establishes it enough that you want to see where this is going to go for the next six episodes. It's only six episodes. So it's seven altogether. I'm saying, okay. I just watched the one. Ming Now when is Phoenix Shan is still excellent. Mm-hmm. Like I said, cinematography is great. It does a very good job of balancing past with present. Yeah, so they do show some, I guess that's episode two clips. First, yeah. maybe five minutes. But then to put it out on live action, that makes it canon for a lot of people. But I know for a fact that I have read that he just basically crawled out of there. And shot his way out and crawl end up crawling out of there. Yep, that's yep. exactly what they did. Pick. Early on, they showed. Okay, yeah, I didn't think they were going to do that. For people that didn't know, that fills that plot hole right there. Well, it's not really a plot hole, but bridges the gap of like, if they didn't know, now you know type thing. So yeah, all right, go ahead. Saying they show that they show how the Jawas got his armor. They show what happened to him after the Jawas got the armor. Still bring it back to present day to show where he's established himself. And then still took it back again to show you other things that happen that lend to what's going on now, to present day. Just did a really good balancing act of doing it throughout the episode. To me, they accomplished a whole lot for 39 minutes that I think a lot of people just don't ever accomplish. And they don't seem to get right. Is the Mandalorian story done or is it just taking a break? I think there's still another season, but this is the- just... Uh, Boba Fett doing his thing. This is basically yeah. a filler. Okay. Yeah, they're shooting season three. From what I understand, I think season three is going to be it for Mandalorian. That's what they're talking about. All right, but that's uh, fine. Well, that's because fine. they got the Ashoka show and then yeah, fine. Obi-Wan. If it, if it goes three seasons Yeah, and that'd be it, that's all you need. Because I think after a while, after like three seasons of a show, it starts to go downhill. And I would you know also say having more than two Star Wars shows... Mm-hmm. On at the same time, it's probably too much Star Wars. Yeah. At the beginning of the year, one at the end of the year. Yeah. Well, Mandalorian, I know, is not supposed to come out until the end of 2022, possibly 2023, early. And I also think that while this series, Mandalorian, may end, you'll probably still see characters and open other series and intertwine, like Dan Twine, the whole universe. So if you don't even have that show, doesn't mean you're not going to see Din Djarin again down the line. You're just not going to have a whole season of him. And whatever's going on. So I could see Carl Weathers' character showing up because this character just fits. So, yeah, uh-huh. like I said, I'm not going to get into spoilers. I'm going to let everybody watch it for themselves and then we can kind of talk in depth about it. But this is a really good episode, especially this will be the first one out the gate. Without doing too much, they've already established enough to where you're on board and want to see where this goes. There's no reason why anyone sitting at Disney should not just hand John Favreau and Dave Filoni the keys to Star Wars. And leave everybody else out of it. Whatever they decide, whoever they pick to direct, whoever they pick to write, if they decide to write themselves, whatever vision they have, leave them in place and let them do it. I know there was a rumor that they've been talking to Feige about getting involved. I don't think they should do that. Like, you don't need him. Say tomorrow, because whatever Favreau and Filoni are doing, it works. they clearly know what to do with Star Wars. They respect the source material. They respect the history of Star Wars, the legacy of Star Wars. And they show it. And you didn't do anything Jedi-related with this, and it's still fantastic. Nor is there any really woke stuff happening. Nope. In this. I don't need a Jedi 
to have tell a good Star Wars story. You don't need a Jedi. Are they integral? Yes. Star Wars is such a broad story, you know what I'm saying, that do not involve Jedi. For example, The Mandalorian, Boba Fett, all this other stuff. There's so many stories to tell. And from what you're saying, this sounds pretty fucking good. I actually forgot that it premiered. You know, and it's funny. I remember Cobra Kai. I didn't watch that yet, but I remember Cobra Kai, but I didn't remember this. Hmm. Well, I mean, this just kind of snuck up, obviously, after the holidays. So, I mean, if they had maybe showed it right before Christmas, but you had that and Spider-Man. So I guess they let Spider-Man just kind of wear off this hit. But I will just say that there's a little bit of duality going on with the show. So they establish Boba Fett trying to be a leader or being a leader and being benevolent because there's the Gamorrean, like the Jabba's guards that show up and Boba Fett's just like, pay me tribute. And they were just like, hey, look, you know, we'll just serve you. I didn't know where that was going. Rule with the IFS was like, no, I'm just going to be a good leader. And then it pays off at the end of the show because <laughs> yeah, really need some help. These boys roll through. And then on the other side, it also shows Boba Fett being a warrior. Boba Fett, as you want to see, does his thing. And then the episode ends. Just like, give him the respect that he deserves. <laughs> yeah. All right, I got to check this out now. Shout out to Robert Rodriguez. <laughs> he is a phenomenal action director. He directed that last season of Mandalorian. So it was that one yeah. that yep. Grogu got kidnapped. It was that one. Boba Fett showed up. Boba Fett shows up. That shit was awesome. That shit was amazing. Yeah, because that's when the action really started to hit in the Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, at least for last season. Right. And don't forget, this man directed motherfucking Desperado. I was just talking about that the other day. And he directed From Dusk Till Dawn. Uh, yeah. yeah. And my favorite scene in From Dusk Till Dawn was when they was rocking out on the fucking stage. <laughs> and they were rocking the hardest shit. And they did like a pause. And then the dude just said something. I don't know what it was. It was like, I was like, oh my God, Joe. Mike, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I know. I was tripping off of that. But I'm sorry. Go ahead on a tangent. But yeah, Robert Rodriguez is a competent director. Yeah, so you're already starting off right. You could have got anybody to direct this, and it probably would Mm -hmm. not have hit. It probably Mm would have just been like, yeah, Boba Fett. Yeah, it was okay. Hold on. Who did the episode with Bill Burr? John Favreau, Peyton Reed. Peyton Reed. Yeah, Bryce Dallas Howard directed mm-hmm. one. Carl Weathers, Dave Filoni directed one. Then it was Robert Rodriguez, uh, Rick Famuia, and then Peyton Reed directed the season finale. That's the other one I was talking about late. He's pretty good. Yeah, but nevertheless, really felt like Star Wars. I mean, it felt like you were in the world. Anything that happens with the movie end of Star Wars, the more trilogy, the recent trilogy end of Star Wars you don't really get a sense of the world. This gave right. you everything. It gave you Boba Fett just with his demons that he's like struggling with himself, him being a leader, people in the town. I was like, yeah, I want to go visit him. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The backstabbing end of Star Wars. I guess they set up someone. This is like the first scene, but somebody called the mayor. So, I assume some things that happened in this episode is based off of that, but liked it. Liked it a lot. 
basically 38 minutes of awesomeness. Yeah, start to finish. It's good and it's worth a rewatch. So are you and Barry the only two that watched it? I think so. Yeah. Okay. I thought it was coming like New Year's Eve. I didn't think it was going to be this soon. I know it was the end of no. the year. So Book of Boba Fest the 29th. Cobra Kai is New Year's Eve. Okay. I forget. I think that's it for the rest of the year. I don't yeah. know coming up. All right, cool. Let y'all know we may have to revisit this. We probably will. During the height of the pandemic, I sent James Mandalorian helmet <laughs> and figurine. Just because I know how much you love Mandalorians, James. Yeah, yeah. Mandalorians and Jedi's. Still need to work on my goddamn Mando, but that's a whole different subject. Big Mike, let's just give some quick scores. What score would you give this episode of Book of Boba Fett, The Real Mandalorian? I kind of want to be thrifty on it because it's the first episode and anxious to see what the next ones are going to be like, but I'm like dead set at a nine, man. This is like a really good first episode for a series. Yeah. Um, yeah. I give it an eight five. I mean, it's. Yeah. And I was thinking, like, if I had to be thrifty, I'd say eight five just to be cautious because I think it's going to get better. I'm still stuck at the nine just because I think where this could have gone really wrong in a couple areas, it just succeeded. Yeah. And it's- I will say that this makes me more excited about Ashoka Tana than also Obi Wan because that. Obi Wan probably has the potential to be screwed up the most, <laughs> but it makes me look forward to those. Not to say that I wasn't looking forward to them, but there's two wings of Star Wars. The TV wing is doing all the right things, but they yeah. still has to work in the confines of what are happening in the movies. They can screw things up because the Obi Wan thing. I know Hayden's coming back, and a lot of people were hyped about that. Is it a vision? I think it's supposed to be a force ghost. Because I've heard it's going to be some flashback scenes to Obi-Wan back when Anakin's alive. But then that a lot of it's after all that. And it's kind of what was Obi-Wan doing between those years of... Jerking off in the mountains. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, how can he come back as a force ghost if he's not dead? Yeah, so that's what I say. I don't know. There's theories that... They came across each other before everything that happened in the first Star Wars. I mean, because could uh-huh. Liam Neeson come back? I guess he could. I would just say that I would make the most did. sense. Yeah, as yeah, a matter of fact, I will say that. he and Yoda. Yeah, I mean, those yeah, two. didn't Qui Gon show Obi Wan how to commune with the Force? So it would be perfect for him to to come back. But I don't see that happening. Or if, it, if it's happening, it's under wraps because nobody even brought it up. I do know that they said that George Lucas was the one who talked to Hayden about coming back personally. That's respect. And that, that is one of the things that was going on behind the scenes was that Favreau and Filoni have had conversations and they run things by George Lucas before they do it. So, Well, he was on the set of when they brought back Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So <laughs> a lot of what's going on, they run by him. This is his baby. It's kind of like, hey, we're going to do this with your child. Are you good with it? And he's good with everything. And so when the idea came up about, okay, we're going to do Obi-Wan, we want to have Hayden come back and explore the Obi-Wan and Anakin relationship and different avenues, whatever. From what I read, they said George Lucas was the one that called Hayden and said, hey, we want to bring you back. I think you should come back and do this, blah, blah, whatever. And that's kind of what got him on board. And I'll say that to say 
the Liam Neeson thing may not be too far of a stretch from the standpoint that it's already been rumored for a long time that Disney had already been meeting with him about voicing Galactus. So, like I've said before, once you're kind of dealing with one part of the house of the mouse, you kind of already in with everything else. So, I wouldn't call that so far-fetched. Like, it wouldn't shock me one bit if he did show up because that was probably a conversation I got had, especially if Favreau's around and he's probably said something, hey, we think you should come back as Force Ghost as Qui-Gon. Like, there's still shit we can explore with that. And we're going to do things right. And if George Lucas made a personal call to Hayden Christensen, then I don't think it's out the realm of possibility. He said the same thing to him. Like, hey, we did whatever with the first three, but I think what John and Dave had, we can explore a whole lot. There's a whole lot more we can do with the character. I think you should come back and do this. What do you think? And let's face it, Liam needs to do mainly straight to DVD shit now. So what the fuck else you got to do? I think that they need to do it. Hope that he'd be on board with it. Because, like I said, there's a lot that they can do with this, with all these stories that, like Jay said, there's a ton of shit out there that they need to do. And, and I would say that if oh. Liam Neeson comes back, and I guess this iteration of Obi-Wan will kind of fix some of the things that happened in episode one. Episode one is kind of a hard movie to watch, but if Very you can hard. kind of balance that out with some lore, some backstory, some extension of things that happened, even like this, they were showing clips from the prequel trilogy. Oh, God. Yeah. Even in the Mandalorian, you, you don't get that. <laughs> There's no redeeming Ray. There's not going to be any Ray TV And that's show. the thing. Like, I had read one time that apparently they actually did talk to Daisy really about possibly coming back. Stay away from that, Dizzy. <laughs> Stay away. Favreau and Filoni were like, hey, talked about bringing her back for one of these series. But it was with the Cowboy. Why? Well, they basically said it's with the caveat that they're going to fix with these last three movies. They have a lot to fix, man. Because it was even a rumor that they had sat down with George Lucas and had this whole thing. What I said before was that these last three movies had force dream and that it was all a vision. It never happened. And so they raised questions to make sure that those events don't occur. I mean, you killed Luke Skywalker. Right. You basically bitched him. You killed him in the worst possible way. Gave Ray more force powers than she actually really needed. She can lift rocks, but she can't save Luke Skywalker. Force project herself across the universe to talk to Kylo Ren, but she can't save Luke Skywalker. Force FaceTime and shit. Let's not start, okay? Let's not do this. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to end up ultimately doing with all that. I just know that bad discussions, Kathleen Kennedy shows have all been pretty much canceled. She has a job? No, I think they renewed her contract. They renewed her contract for two years. Why? The only thing that I think it could be is she has enough dirt on them that they're scared to fire her. That's the only reason why I see this. I think I said that it just looks bad. It is bad PR. She's going to run the whole, I'm a female, they got rid of me because of that. The the forces female BS they were trying to push. Dude had his video and he said that insiders at Lucasfilm and Disney and all that say that she's got her own little clique inside the building and pretty much anything you say or do against them that's the card they pull is you did this you're discriminating me because i'm a woman and that's it and the second they pull it everybody gets scared and they back off like you can't hold them accountable because once you hold them accountable and call them on their bullshit you're well, you're, you're against mean, me because like I'm a, a lot woman. of stuff has failed that high republic stuff like who cares about that? yeah I think Patty Jenkins movie is canceled and she's not doing it anymore. Hold up, whoa, whoa. she was doing what's she doing? Rogue Rogue One? Squadron or something? Yeah. 
Yeah, it was something had to do with the X Wing. It was a whole big announcement. She was about the X Wing, and all I dreamed of directing Star Wars. And all. If I'm not mistaken, that got pulled. That's what I said. They're basically scared to do anything, quote unquote, against her. So their resolution is we're just going to extend her contract. But like I said, from what I understand, all her projects pretty much delayed or canceled, and Favreau and Filoni running everything. So and doing a good job of it. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to happen. Like I said, Chapek, he kind of did a bad establishment at first with that whole Scarlett Johansson thing, but quickly resolved that. I think especially once the Russo brothers could walk away in the middle of negotiations, come back to do uh, Secret Wars. So when they publicly came out and said, yeah, we're not talking to them anymore, we're done, that's foul, fuck them, write the check, because <laughs> like, we can't lose that. And then everything was resolved. She's back on board, she's doing Haunted Mansion there. We're on the red carpet with Spider-Man, and the void question is about doing the movie, and all I got fixed, but Chapek kind of established right there that he's trying to rule with an iron fist, so to speak. And that might not be the way to go. And I think, Barry, you had mentioned the other day something about Bob Iger might be coming back. And I'm going to assume that's because, like I said, Chapek was making some decisions that just wasn't wasn't flowing too good, especially because Faye was pissed off with that whole Scarlett Johansson thing because that's not how he wanted to handle things and it kind of fucked up things for a minute. But I don't know, man. We'll see. I said, I don't think Foggy needs to get involved with Star Wars at all. I think he needs to stick with Marvel and let Favreau and Filoni do what they do. And if they keep running things towards Lucas, he's good. Keep it like that. If it's not broke, don't fix it. I mean, not some Foggy would not be a tremendous asset, but they don't need him. You're doing well. You don't need that. Worst thing about that, you may do that. It it may backfire. Clash your creative ideas, and then you're fucked. The Kathleen Kennedy side of things really bet on that High Republic. Some of that ties in the Bad Batch, but they really just bet on that. And, like, nobody's really reading the comic books for that or the graphic novels or whatever else they're producing. So it's like, really, where is Star Wars right now? It's with Dave Filoni and Favreau. And I guess by extension, George Lucas. (laughs) If they get the blessing of the Godfather... They should have been doing it in the first place. I mean, you had a approach that George Lucas had put forward that the current administration or past, previous, or like whatever you want to call it, the 2015 iteration of Star Wars just chose to ignore to push forward Ray. They out here kissing the rings, man. <laughs> out here kissing the rings of the Godfather to get permission to do so, which is very respectful. I dig it. This one episode just really got me back into the world of Star Wars. I mean, it had been since The Mandalorian, and yeah, I probably watched that scene with Luke Skywalker even probably a couple weeks ago, just because it's that good. <laughs> the TV side of things is getting stuff right. Maybe Star Wars doesn't need any additional movies. I know Disney probably wants more movies, but that's probably the best approach for it. Yeah, like 30 to 40 minute segments, too. Yeah. As opposed a two and a half hour movie. These shows, these episodes work. One season is a full body equates, if not more, than the movies do. And Almost like two said, movies. <laughs> yeah, it works. Like, it's very well done how they're doing it. So, Jay just said, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Don't go get greedy and don't try to ruffle fat because you're trying to get that billion dollar release and then you end up putting out some bullshit because you might get that money, but at the end of the day, you're never going to terminate this new trilogy should have been made or that is great like i don't care how much money made it's no it's not good it's not star wars it's whatever bullshit people came up in their heads whatever agenda they were trying to push 
and it's not necessary. I'm just gonna say when I think about that second movie, all I remember is Leia flying in space. Yeah. <laughs> or the Rose Tico push that didn't translate over into the third movie, and people started flipping on. It's like, oh my god, we have to support Rose. God's being racist. Like, no, she just wasn't important. <laughs> I think they realized it. But I'm gonna give this an eight five. And yeah, James, like I said, if you got an extra. 30 minutes just go ahead and watch it because you'll probably mark out in the first five minutes alright I'll definitely check it out alright well, I mean shit you sold me when you said that they showed how he got out damn what's the name I'm like oh okay yeah I need to go ahead and check it out 